you're listening to In The Mix, the Great British Bake Off podcast. And this week it was the semi-final. My name is Gria. I'm here with JP. Hello, hello. And I am emotionally drained. That's all I can say. <laughs> I feel like we have to go sort of straight in with this episode because we went in with such strong bakers and there was a twist. It went mad. And the person who's mm. been everybody's favourite, Jürgen, he left. <laughs> He went home. I, it, it, yeah, this is one of those weird moments which I just never saw coming. Um, and, you know, if you'd have said in week one or two, oh, yeah, Jürgen's not going to make it to the final. What? What? Um, everything just went mad. In fact, I, I will make the admission now, and I, I didn't mention this before we, we started recording. I haven't actually watched the entirety of this episode because after Jürgen was announced, I went, no. Nope! That's it. So I haven't seen the, you know, like the the kiss and cry at the end. Oh, no. Because I was like, no, I was, I'm, I'm, no, Mm-mm, dead to me. So, uh, yeah, I haven't actually seen the very end of the episode or the previews for next say, week. That's your favourite bit. I know. That's how emotional I was last night seeing Jürgen going. I was like, no, I should not watch the preview. So um, I don't even, I don't know what's coming up next wow. week. It'll be spaceships for all I know. That's how I'm going to be care. honest. <laughs> now Jürgen's gone. He doesn't care. We've done the podcast for, you know, all yeah. these weeks. And now you're like, right, now Jürgen's gone. I'm over it. I'm not going to be I'm... talking about the Bake Off anymore <laughs> or even finishing the episode. I know. It was, uh, it was just, it was just such a crazy moment yesterday. I was like, what, what is this? I, I just, I, I, I both did see it coming and didn't see it coming. But, you know, during the episode last night, and obviously we'll talk about the Bakes, it was just... It could have been anybody at any point. They were so close, but I, I just had that that feeling that it was going to be him. When they were sort of showing the contestants, I was like, yeah, it's it's going to be Jürgen, isn't it? Oh, no. It was a surprise, and you're not the only one that got sort of up in arms and a bit upset, because <laughs> before we started recording today, I thought, you know what, I'll go on to the Great British Bake Off Twitter account and see what some people have been saying. And, oh, I, I love it. I know we come on and joke about the Bake Off and sound all serious about the Bake Off, but I really love it when people actually are so serious and they take to Twitter <laughs> to share it with the producers. And so oh, yeah. uh, we've had Will. Will says, that's the worst decision on the history of the show. Paul's bias obviously was a factor here. Joke and then a German flag. Okay. Um, Great. This is actually the worst day of my life. I haven't stopped crying, says Maisie. Um, and oh let's find this one this one is what made me laugh the most Alice said they made their cakes out of bloody rice krispies we've sat and watched every week but we won't be watching the final poor Jürgen oh won't be watching the final really you've spent all that That's time it. But you know what? This happens every year and it makes me laugh because it was like last year with Laura. Laura went through to the final. We had 10,000 people on Twitter boycotting saying, I won't be watching the final. Oh no, you know, dear Channel 4. And um, of course everyone watched the final because they'll build a bridge and get over it, hopefully. But I, 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 it, it was tricky because, you know, Jürgen was incredible. He was such a great baker. And, you know, I, I was upset about it last night. I was like, I just can't believe it. But I think I would have been if anyone would have gone. Yeah. To be fair, you know, I, as we said last week, I really like the final four. It's one of the best final fours we've had. And I know that there was quite a bit of um, stick on social media for Christelle last night because she seemed to be the weaker one. And I predicted that she would be the one that would go. So I, I obviously saw elements of that. But, you know, 
she has been a great baker. She's gone on the journey, the same as Chig. She's improved. And actually, when it came down to it last night, she made a great showstopper. So, you know, I, I think I think it was a fair decision if you take the week into consideration, really. I think so. What's funny is um, because you always are a few sort of moments behind because you start the episode a bit later <laughs> so you can fast forward the ads. So I knew Hashtag everything no that was coming and I was like texting you being like, everything's kicking off. Hurry up. <laughs> get to the moment. <laughs> I really you wanted you to be like, oh my God, can you believe what's happening? Because I was also <laughs> sat there and I couldn't, I could not call it. I had no idea who was oh. going to go. I assumed it was going to be Chiggs, but I mean, that's unfair to think, I guess, because he's the lockdown baker. It might not have done so well, but Jürgen, he didn't have a great week last week and he wasn't even mentioned, as we talked about, as someone that could potentially go. So I thought, oh, they're going mm. to ignore Jürgen again and maybe it'll be Chiggs that goes. So I was completely yeah. confused. I had no idea. Um, but I think it, it was, was made odd. worse by the fact that the media, including us and everyone, have been saying, oh, Jürgen, he's going to be in the final. Since this whole thing started, you know, week one, we're like, wow, Jürgen's amazing. He's going to get through. He's going to be in the final straight away. Kind of just forgetting about him, you know, not giving mm. him, you know, the good thoughts, wishing him to go to the final. Maybe we've impacted that, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, now? I find, you know, we've gone, Jürgen, he's going to be there. And now that all of us are like, oh, God, you know, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I've been pushing Jürgen up too much now he's gone so it's funny because I I you know I'm, I'm gonna have to listen back to episode two and three because I'm sure one <laughs> of us will have turned around at some point and it'll be one of those videos that's now slowed down and they have the slow-mo sort of fate accompli because one of us probably said oh it'd be really funny if he doesn't make it to the final now yeah and you, you, know, you should imagine that's going to get picked up but also I think obviously that the funny thing about Bake Off and it was only yesterday that it sort of reoccurred to me again that this is all pre-recorded you know, it's all recorded before the first episode even comes out. So in week one and two, whoever wins the series, and we don't know who it is, was sitting there thinking, oh, this is awkward, because they know that they've won. And they know that there's this national outpouring of love for Jürgen, who's not going to win or even make it to the final. Yeah. So it's it's a bit awkward, isn't it? It's like, oh, that person has to not only keep secret that they've won, but also brace themselves for national hatred exactly it's true i wonder because you know whoever wins who do they have to keep it a secret from do they have to keep it a secret from their like actual loved ones that they live with and stuff just so it isn't leaked out you know it's really funny to think that because yeah. you're right whoever it is well giuseppe he's had a quite a bit of an outpouring of love himself chigs mm. everyone says he's like the most attractive baker especially when he wears his glasses and christelle <laughs> i think People think she's a good baker, but she's the one that hasn't had as much sort of commotion on social media as perhaps the others. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be odd, isn't it, to see who on earth wins. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I feel yeah. emotionally drained and still <laughs> I have no idea what is happening in last week, this week and the final. I've just got no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> No, no. And, it, you know, so we'll talk about it in a minute. But there, if you look at how they did over the episode, it's just so strange. All I'm going to say is that those, uh, you know, they have the final, they have the big picnic for sort of 150 people usually in the past. You know, they have their families and everything coming. Can you imagine the non-disclosure agreements they must have signed as they literally leave site? Because they, they announce it in front of everybody. That is a good point. I forgot they did the picnic. So their family obviously would know because they're there. Yeah, maybe they yeah. have to sign something. Very official. <laughs> hmm. 
something like that. Um, let's crack on with the episode because it was an excellent one. I was very much yeah. edge of my seat waiting for you to catch up, needing to talk about the Bake Off immediately <laughs> as things happened. Um, but unfortunately, it started off with something that we've grown to dislike, <laughs> a skit that involved dress up and Paul Hollywood in another terrible outfit. <laughs> Again. Why, Paul? Why? Is that in his contract? I want to know. I know. So he was dressed up as Elvis. Uh, Noel Fielding <laughs> was dressed up as David Bowie. And Matt Lucas was Freddie Mercury. And they were sort of acting as sort of the ghosts of the musicians uh, getting ready for the Bake Off episode this week. It's very odd. I don't know where this stuff's... So weird. ...gets drummed up is it Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas is that what they do in between challenges <laughs> they come up with these crazy things but yeah it, at least they didn't sing this time that's true. all I can well, say that, that's very true and it was just such a weird one and I can't remember who it was one of the past bakers put on Twitter um tagged two other bakers because we've had a, a David Bowie and a Freddie Mercury bake before with the famous figure bakes that we've had oh yeah so I thought that was quite a nice nod but there was no there was no link at all. I was like, I just don't get it. And it no. was just, yeah, another baking-induced dream, I think, or nightmare. Yeah, definitely nightmare. Mm. The one little element that I quite liked about it, though, and it's, you know, we've spoken about how Bake Off has started to be quite self-referential now because it's got such a back catalogue, especially from being on Channel 4 now. You kind of forget the BBC episodes kind of happened, really, even though Mel and Sue <laughs> and Mary were excellent. They've kind mm. of, you know, like a sitcom or like a any show they can self-reference now because they sort of assume the people that have been watching or are watching have watched the ones in the past so we had a little line yeah. about Sura you know remember when she had dropped Dave's cake in the first week of last season they actually said that this time and so you had people being like oh yeah I do remember that because everyone who's watching has a, <laughs> like a really loyal fan of Bake Off so I quite liked that quality about it yeah that's true actually the references to sort of years gone by um, and you're right, we're a very loyal audience, hence podcasts like this. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well done for finding a silver lining to that really weird start. <laughs> Thanks. I tried. I tried. Um, the signature bake this week, they had to do eight patisserie style layered slices. They had to be identical. They had to hold their form and be technically flawless, which is basically the theme through this whole episode and look high end. And they had three hours to complete it. And I mean, everyone's, I thought, look absolutely amazing. Um, but it, it was sort of a standard thing, wasn't it, to do the layered patisserie style desserts. They usually have, don't they do on this week, the big croquembouches, you know, the big profiterole towers oh, yeah. and the milfoy mm. or whatever. So it was just a patisserie style layered slice. It's, it it sounded <laughs> a bit, bit like vague. sandwich jammy biscuit again, didn't it? <laughs> it did, yeah. It was a bit of a strange one and I was... Um, I don't use the word underwhelmed again because I have loved this series but I was you know when we get to patisserie week as you say this is the week where we usually have never heard of at least one of the bakes and it's all very fiddly and this that and the other whereas this one I mean they were making big trays of things and then just chopping them up yeah which didn't quite feel as patisserie as patisserie has been in the past on Bake Off um, but we do love a layer we do, exactly. And we do love some flavour combinations because this <laughs> week there were loads of good ones. And so we're going to start with, she is sort of queen of flavour, you know, Christelle. I know. 
She oh, yes. is. And I was sat there when they read out, because Christelle, she created uh, her layers, but way more than they were asked to do. She did a lot of oh, layers. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when she was reading out what she was going to be doing, I was thinking, don't say me so, don't say yes! me so. I don't, I don't want to hear it again, because if you say it again, you're going to immediately make me go, oh, well, you're going home because you've done that same signature thing again. Um, but I this know. time, Miso was replaced with uh, Black Sesame. That was her sort of... <laughs> interesting umami flavor of the week um and so she did a coconut and black sesame daquoise yuzu curd black sesame and almond jacond white chocolate and coconut italian meringue buttercream chantilly cream and caramel brittle loads of stuff i know it was such a packed bake and i was really hoping that I, i feel noel would be the one who when they were doing that list would turn around and go and there's no miso in it like that could have been such a good little like nod um, yeah but yeah she she's great with the flavor combinations the black sesame was the new thing ironically and i did think of the podcast last night because obviously i've been talking about miso and every time every single time we discuss miso <laughs> i go oh yes i tried that when i went to japan last summer <laughs> um and i have never heard of black sesame seeds until I bought some from a supermarket in Japan last summer. Wow. I literally, I was like, she's just got this Japanese theme in the background the whole time. Exactly. I knew there was a reason that we were doing the podcast together. All your there Japanese you experiences are coming to handy, you know? Where's um, Japan week again? Where's Japan yes, week? Come on. I know. Uh, and she did yuzu as well, which is a Japanese sort of citrusy flavour, mm. um, which I'm slightly obsessed with the idea. I've never had yuzu, but every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, yes, yuzu. Ooh. I don't know why, because I know I obviously want to try it so much, but I'm like, oh, yes, I definitely love that. Uh, but then when you hear a bit later on someone say matcha, I'm like, oh, no, definitely uh, not no. that. No. Um, so Christelle, hers were quite an, an interesting look. You know, they were sort of black and yellow themed, which is quite striking, I guess, for patisserie. It's a very um, not traditional colour, I guess, that you'd have in your cake, you know, black. We, we talked about Lizzie last week doing her sort of a black dog ice cream sandwich things, which looked very oh, yeah. strange. And we were like, oh, no. But this week she's gone completely <laughs> right. This is very posh and very fancy for patisserie. I thought that was an interesting contrast. Yeah, the, the look of it was interesting and not really traditional in terms of patisserie. I also, if I'm honest, think they came out a little bit messy. Mm. Um, it was interesting considering this task was all about neatness. Um, I think Christelle's out of the four were the ones where the layers weren't as distinct. They were, you know, a little bit messy. And I think when you have sort of black sesame seeds mixed in with things, it just it looks a little bit scatty. Um, but as always, as you say with Christelle, her flavour combinations are incredible. She's really adventurous with those. And uh, yeah, she well, she got a handshake. She did. One of the few handshakes that were given out <laughs> in the tent this week. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, we will come back to those, definitely. Um, but something that I wanted to also bring up is Giuseppe, because he was feeling the pressure this week. I think there was a swear oh, yeah. word that came out of his mouth and a beep that happened at some point. Um, <laughs> because he was trying to get on with his bake, his uh, patisserie-styled layered slice. He was going to do uh, tiramisu, a standard nice Italian flavour there from Giuseppe. But he was going to use masala wine and put sultanas in it to sort of infuse it, which I thought was, uh, hmm. We've said that I don't like raisins. I don't want to be a stuck record, but sultanas included. (laughs) 
same sort of family aren't they really exactly so i wasn't yeah. uh, i wasn't necessarily excited about that but when he originally put his jacond into the oven i think it must have been in there for only about a few seconds because the, the swear word came out he ducked <laughs> into the oven and he started scraping it back into the bowl because he missed his flour out he did a maggie a maggie and nobody made a reference to that i was no. like come on I know. It was so funny when he was like, oh, it's, I've got to get it out of the oven. It honestly must yeah. have only been in there for like five seconds because otherwise you're going to have half-baked bits of sponge back in with the, the cake batter, which isn't I great. Know. And it was right I at the, the moment when um, Paul and Prue and Matt and Noel were coming around to ask, Giuseppe, what are yeah. you making today? And he was like, I'm just scraping my bake back in. Don't mind me. <laughs> Hi, everyone. What? <laughs> What I loved as well is that literally he just put it into the oven and then all of a sudden he's like reaching for the oven gloves. It's like, they don't get that hot that quick, Giuseppe. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, time is of the essence here and he's literally jumping in with oven gloves to try and get them in. Bless him. But yeah, he saved that one. He did. He did. And I think his bake looked pretty good, really. Mm. Um, just looking at some of the comments that they said, um, Prue said it was stylish and delicious. They were giving out a lot of compliments this week and it was really nice to see. They were. Um, and... He got a handshake as well for his bake. Woo, another handshake. I know. And I liked the sort of Italian uh, French mix with tiramisu. I think that was really clever. Obviously, tiramisu is a layered dessert in itself. Clever to to pass it over. Typical Giuseppe, though, he likes to Italianize his um, bakes. But yeah, successful. It was really good. And after the handshake, he got quite emotional again. I think when he, he had a did. handshake before, was it? He got quite emotional. Um, so, yeah, yeah it, you could see how much it meant to him and how sort of shocked he was to sort of be getting it, as well as being mm. shocked that he was here in the semi-final. You know, he said he had to buy new clothes because he didn't bring enough with him, which I thought was great. Love that. So, I know. Love that. I know. So Giuseppe, he's he's doing all right. Um, Chiggs, <laughs> someone who is also doing very well especially um, this week. Uh, for his patisserie-style layered slice, he did a raspberry and chocolate theme with chocolate ganache, raspberry mousse and jelly and a chocolate jaconde. Now, I thought his, you know, compared to Christelle, who had sort of the, as you said, the sesame in there, so it made it not look sort of perfectly layered. Chig's, his was excellent. It looked amazing. Perfect. Yeah, it was perfect it's striking colors you had the pink on the top then sort of the nice layer of mousse in, inside um it was just so clean it was so so good and it's funny because i came into yesterday's episode i don't know why we'd sort of discussed before and i think a lot of people were thinking it was between christelle and chicks um to go home this week and i really really wanted chicks to get through to the final you know i, I think he's been a great I don't want to say the J words, but you know what I mean this year. And I I really, really hoped that he'd do well. And I don't know why, just at the beginning of the episode, I had this feeling of dread and I was like, oh no. Yeah. Um, and it, well, do you know what it was? If I messaged you, it, it was that there was, they were focusing on him. Yeah. And we've had that sort of sense of foreboding this year where the person who goes home for some reason gets more coverage than they've ever had before. And there was a lot of sort of sticking with chigs in this bake. And I thought, oh no, he's going to mess it up and it's going to go wrong. And he didn't. It came out perfectly. Oh, it was so good. So, so good. Definitely. And I agree. I was looking as well because I couldn't call it. By the time it was the end of the showstopper, I couldn't call it as to who was going. So I did mm. that thing of looking where the camera goes, you know, before it's announced. <laughs> so I think it started on Chigs. And I think, you know, whoever it starts on, because they cut through 
to all the people sat there waiting, biting their nails. Um, it started mm. on Chigs and I just thought, well, because the camera's got to go, you know, through them all. Back to the one that's going to go. I thought it was Chig, so I was so shocked and I was waiting for his name to be read. I didn't want him to go, but I just thought that's who no. it was going to be. But yeah, his signature was so good. And even Paul and Prue, they thought it was excellent. They said very Parisian, which I, I liked. I thought that was like the highest Ooh. compliment on this week you could possibly mm. get, really. Um, yeah. And they were a bit concerned that, you know, the chocolate and the raspberry might not be the right mix, but they both said it was. And Chig's got a handshake from Paul as well. Paul was giving Yay! them out to everyone. <laughs> and it was great because Chiggs was the first one to get a handshake. Yeah. And then as he was watching the other two get them, he was just like, he's just dishing them out. It means nothing. You know, he's just like, great. I know. Bless um, him. He said, are you serious? You know, when Paul's hand extended, what power no. does that man have in his hand? Seriously. I love it. Yeah. That should be like part of a 4D experience of Bake Off. If they ever do some sort of 4D <laughs> cinema, just a hand coming out the screen uh, with the 3D glasses, that's, yep. that's all you need. Yep. Yeah, very like Universal Studios sort of Disney mm. type thing. I remember going yep. once when I was like six and we watched the bug, A Bug's Life and they had like water spraying out and like smells coming out. Oh, it was great. So I like the idea of being oh. able to smell the bakes every time. Yeah. Excellent. Bake Off 4D. Yeah. Write Copyrighted. Yeah, do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jürgen, he stuck with quite a traditional idea with his signature challenge. He was doing uh, the opera cake. He did have a little twist and made it murder at the opera, which I thought was an interesting one. You know, he's had some mm. interesting desserts. The one, one of um, the, the baby bread that he did was quite, hmm, that's a little <laughs> creepy. So murder at the opera, a little creepy. I thought. Mm. Yeah, it was um, a strange twist. I like the idea of the traditional opera sort of participating, the, the, the cake, but yeah, um, yeah just, we'll, we'll just stick a knife in it. Um, I know. Yeah, it's strange. But it's quite funny because when Jürgen comes up with these ideas, we're all just like, uh, okay, okay, great, great Jürgen. We love Jürgen anyway. Yes, yes, yes yeah. Jürgen, yes. Henry VIII theme bake. Okay, we <laughs> like it. Um, so it, it did, it did, look like the traditional opera cake you know with the chocolate glaze it had the uh, cassis buttercream and a coffee soaked jaconde but the thing that perhaps let him down and i think he said when his wife tasted it in practice she wasn't too keen on it but jürgen really liked it was using beetroot which mm. you have like carrot cake uh, i i think i mentioned this before on the podcast or just to you in general uh, i had a teacher at school that used to make us courgette cake so you can yep. actually you know, use vegetables in cakes. So you think, okay, that might be quite good. But um, it added to the theme because his hands were completely covered in beetroot <laughs> and it looked like he had committed the murder at the opera, which I liked. Um, but Paul and Prue, they sort of said that it was just overwhelmingly chocolatey and coffee-y, but the beetroot didn't really add anything. Yeah, and I've got to admit, I was... This is the point that, that disappointed me a little bit and... Again, when we talked through the others, obviously we said that he, he goes home this week. I was disappointed with this because I don't think his was a lot worse than the others. Yeah. Uh, he didn't he didn't get a handshake. And, you know, Prue said she would have given him a handshake. And it was just Paul being a bit Paul-esque and, you know, picking on something which... I've had chocolate beetroot cake before. You're not supposed to really taste 
the beetroot. As Paul said, it adds a sweetness, and he said it did that. Yeah. And it adds a little bit of colour. It, it adds a depth to the, the colour. So it did everything it was supposed to do, mm. but Paul was critiquing it. And it was, yeah, it was just very strange because the others... I don't know. It just, I, I didn't yeah. understand that. It was, it was a really strange moment. And I thought, uh, Noel was very nice coming back and giving him a double handshake and, um, you know, Prue a couple of times saying that, particularly when Paul was like, you know, bad luck, Jürgen, as they walked I out know. the tent. I was like, it just, it was like, stop bullying him. You know, it was, it was a real, um, I'm about to say something I probably shouldn't say on the podcast, but it, you know, it was just, you know, Paul was a jerk uh, was at that moment. I'll, I'll, I'll tone it down for jerk. the, you know, P, the PG 30 audience. Um, yeah, I was really disappointed by that because I I don't think it should have been as bad as it was made out yeah. to be. Yeah, you are right though. I don't know. Yeah, with with using a the vegetable element, you know, your carrot cake doesn't taste of carrot, does it? You, you're right. No. Maybe it was sort of it was a personal preference kind of thing. Maybe for um, Paul, maybe there just wasn't enough in there. Maybe he wanted something else, mm. but then that's again his personal preference. It's you know. Um, Jürgen's recipe was this so was it good at being that I guess and I imagine it was good at being that because it had coffee and chocolate and that's what was included but maybe he wanted some extra zing or something you know there was the yuzu curd from Christelle the raspberry from Chiggs um, Giuseppe he did his masala wine sultana so maybe he just wanted that extra thing but again it's personal Something. preference isn't it really it is it is and yeah. it, i also thought about this that, that and this could be a little bit of a uh this is the sort of thing i think about three o'clock in the morning <laughs> that i want to investigate because there was the whole thing yesterday prue was saying i absolutely love it you know i'd give you a handshake if i can i want to know if she is contractually obliged not to give handshakes because mm. if she was going to do that like she could have just given him a handshake i wonder if paul the silverback hollywood <laughs> so um macho and alpha male on this show now that you know nobody is contractually allowed to handshake with another contestant because yeah it's like why, why does prue never get to to do the handshake yeah. i don't know it's just really strange it just it stuck out to me as a really awkward moment and um it was so yeah, awkward i don't know it was so weird I do agree. And I thought maybe, you know, Chiggs was the first one to get the handshake. Jürgen was the second one, I think, that they went to. So it wasn't just mm. odd that he didn't get it because you thought, oh, wow, someone's no. got a handshake. Um, so I don't know if Paul, he just had Chiggs, thought it was so good. Had Jürgen's, it maybe didn't sort of match up for his personal, you know, preference of flavours. And so he just thought, well, I'm not going to give a handshake. But Prue, some of the comments she said to Jürgen were exceptional. She said... Um, yeah. it was a sensational bake, you know, she did say it's pity. I'm not the one who gives out the handshakes. Um, and Paul was a bit like, I like it, but I don't love it. And mm. okay, maybe it was fine. And I didn't see it as an issue when they were judging cause he was the second one being judged. But then when he went to the other two, as you say, and just gave out the handshake and you saw Jürgen sat there looking like, Oh, really dis really disappointed and really like disheartened. And that's something that yeah. he looked like throughout this episode, really like quite not smiley or anything. He he didn't hide his sort of feeling, I guess. He looked sad, mm. which was upsetting. Um but yeah, it was a bit of a sort of snarky comment to be like, Oh, you know, Jurgen, you know, laugh at Jurgen. Because he is an eccentric character. He is someone that could be the butt of the joke, you know, quite mm. a lot. And I did feel a bit like Oh, it's a bit like in school, isn't it? You know, the person who's a bit different and always gets sort of joked about. 
I felt like that with Jürgen this week because everyone else was getting so much praise and you could see that it did affect him, especially in the little yes. interviews afterwards. He was like, you know, oh, well, I didn't get a handshake. It was, it was kind of sad. Yeah. yeah, it was. And I think coming off the back of last week where we were really celebrating Lizzie being different and her, you know, uniqueness and, um, you know, her dealing with ADHD and dyslexia and things like that. You know, I'm not saying that, Jürgen has got something like that yeah. but it just it felt really weird to be you know almost Paul picking on somebody because of their personality and how yeah. they are as a person I was like that was just really odd it sat it quite odd. uncomfortably with me um but again you know we we don't know the full story it's edited um you know the the editor might have just thought it was a nice little joke and end the thing yeah. whereas when it then comes through because we don't know the full story it sort of doesn't look as good Exactly. That's a good point to make. Definitely. So Jürgen, he had to sort of do well in the next two challenges to sort of stake his claim on that final space. Technical challenge this week I thought was a really difficult one. And I guess it has to be because we're in the semi-final and it's patisserie week. So it's got to be very, you know, very precise and very delicate. And it was a a Sable Breton tart, which I hadn't heard of before. Um, and it was sable breton pastry, raspberry confiture, pistachio creme mousseline, and you had to decorate it with fresh berries, meringue kisses, and then chocolate curls. And Jürgen, <laughs> he said that he had actually heard of a sable breton tart before. And in comparison, Chiggs was like, I heard the word <laughs> fruit and cream. And isn't that funny how, you know, Jürgen was like, okay, I, I have knowledge of what this is. But I don't know. And every, everyone seemed to struggle on it a little bit. The um, mm. instructions, as with the technical, they were quite sparse. So people weren't sure what to do with the pastry. Um, I thought it was a good challenge for the technical, though, at this at this high level of the competition. What did you think? Yeah. I really liked it. I. It's funny because even the, the Sable base, uh, you know, the sort of the tart itself was brilliant because... Um, we've had sable biscuits before on yep. Bake Off. They're very similar to um, sort of shortbread, but they're they're French. And it was interesting because this, you know, you hear the word tart and you think, okay, well, it's going to be the case you need to fill the, the tart case, you know, sort of thing. And that's what uh, Christelle and Giuseppe did. Yep. Despite the fact Giuseppe said, I've heard of one of these and Jürgen had said that. And again, our two European bakers had an idea of a French bake. You know, that's been a big advantage to both of them this year, which has been great. Um, But it just set everybody apart because they had the ingredients. You had, you know, Chiggs had a problem with his creme mousseline. Um, Christelle had put sides on the side of hers. So had Giuseppe. It just, yeah, it was so interesting to see how they interpreted these um, recipes. You know, the first step of the recipe with the biscuit once it was made, was just to, um, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was now, but it was basically to put it in the bottom of the, the yeah. tin, not not to put it up the sides, but they just interpret it differently and, and go with their gut feel. And I love those sorts of technicals because we're sitting at home going, just read the paper. It's like, we've, we've seen Prue and Paul yeah. in the tent over the road. Eating we know what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're like, come on, don't be ridiculous. We yeah. know what a Seble Breton is because we've just seen it, you know. I know, like, I can't believe the... you did that. I know, like, amateurs um and it just it, it cracked me up but it was it was a really good one and as you say really technical for a patisserie week it was it hit the nail on the head i think it was and it those differences you know of each person's bake allows i guess paul and prue to really 
judge what it's meant mm. to actually look like and stuff. And I thought it was interesting because, um, yeah, Giuseppe did the uh, bits up the side, as we've said, but he also laid out his berries sort of really to the edge so you couldn't see some mm. of the pistachio cream. Um, and so, yeah, we were all sat there being able to really see, oh, although well, that doesn't look like the one that Prue just showed and Paul was eating a bit of, you know, it doesn't look like that. So I thought it was a good one for us, you know, non-bakers sat at home to be able to critique as to what it's meant mm. to look like. Um, and there were lots of different elements as well to it, which were, well, tested the skills of all the bakers that I thought was good. Um, but it was quite, I mean, it's a testament to him that Chiggs was able to actually present what he did yeah. present. Because I know he had some trouble with his creme mousseline, getting it to sort of set properly or mm. thicken um, because it was quite oozing out and off the sides. You know, there was a shot of him looking in the fridge and it was kind of going everywhere. And I thought, oh no, that looks <laughs> that looks very bad in comparison to the one we've just seen Prue showcase. Um, but he, I mean, he did well. He was still able to make all of the elements considering he was only just started baking a year ago. And that's back where mm. we talk about Chiggs's journey you know, you hate the word journey, but it's true. Throughout this whole time, and Paul and Prue recognised it, his ability to experiment with flavours and different bakes that he hadn't done before and learn all these different bakes that he hadn't done before and elements, you know, like the creme mousseline. He didn't know what it was, but he gave it a good mm. go. And I thought, I thought he did quite well, even though it didn't, it didn't end up as what it was supposed to be. No, and it, that was tricky. And again, having this sort of foreboding feeling about Chiggs coming into this, when I watched his, his tart just sort of ooze. Yeah. Uh, would have been great for Halloween week, you know. Oh, it would have been. And it would have been lovely. Just like oozy, oozy cake. Um, but still, you know, he he um, listened to the recipe. You know, one of the things about those who put the um, sable breton up the side of the, the tart case, it said in the recipe to have a one centimetre border. So you can't do that if you've got a lip all the way around it. Ah, yeah, that is good. That is some good reading between the lines or people just not yeah. reading the question. It's the teacher thing again. Read the question. It's the teacher thing. I literally, <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm listening to the technical every week, I'm like, well, obviously this means this. Yes. Um, good old armchair baker. But yeah, I, I think Chig's really, he got into the mindset of that bake actually. He, he did... Maybe it was an advantage that he didn't know what it was because he's like, well, I, all I've got to go off is what is in front of me. Um, I think if the creme mousseline or creme mousseline, as he kept calling it, until <laughs> Noel corrected him, which is yeah, great. Yeah. Um, I wonder what like, Giuseppe Ooh. thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Italian dictator. <laughs> Lovely. Um, I, you know, if, if that had worked, I think that he would have done a lot better. Yeah. Um, and it was just that, that small mistake, really, that, you know, put him to, to where he was in the standings. Exactly. Can you remember where everyone uh, was ranked in the technical I this can. week? Yeah, so Chiggs was fourth. Yep. Um, mainly because of the, the, the creme mousseline. Uh, Christelle was third and Giuseppe second, both of them with the uh, the sides. Giuseppe's one was slightly more spread out and it was, for both of them, it was just the fact the pastry was so thin for this Sable Breton. Um, and Jürgen was first, which again was interesting after the first uh, bake. Obviously, he didn't get the handshake. He then got first in the technical. So, um, yeah, really interesting to see sort of how they ranked in comparison to the first bake. Yeah, exactly. And it is interesting because I guess the first challenge, really, everyone was going off the handshake, weren't they? You know, mm. the fact that he didn't get the handshake meant you thought his was really bad. But as we've talked about, it was called sensational and things. So 
that was a bit unfair, I guess. And to have him as first place in the technical, I mean, he probably thought, okay, I just need to do a good, you know, a good bake in the showstopper. But he, I don't know if he felt that he was fighting for his place. He did at the end mm. say he was sort of, um, he could see it coming. But with first place in the technical in the semi-final, that's surely a good spot to be in. Well, yeah, you think so. I mean, I, I again... I don't know, but I don't think we've had, and if we have, it's only been once or twice, someone who's been first in a technical going home. Yeah, that is a good point, because that's usually the one that sort of saves them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's the one that, it's the hardest of the three bakes, it's the one that they can't practice, so for somebody to be first in the technical, even now when there's only four places anyway, but for someone to be first in the technical and then to end up going home, it's really unheard of, like, it, it was... I think a lot of people sort of had a sigh of relief at that point. They were like, okay, maybe Jürgen's safe yeah. because, you know, this is this is the one that sets everybody apart. So, yeah, it was it was so strange to have that. But at the same time, as, as we both said, at the end of the technical, still not really knowing and knowing it could go anyway. That's what I thought. Coming into the showstopper, I was, you know, I had no idea it was going to go. I had no idea what on earth they were going to be asked to make. I thought it's going to be all <laughs> extravagant and mad. You know, it's going to be a really good um, showstopper challenge again, because last week it was so hard to judge anyone because everything that they made was exceptional. And this week it seemed, you know, I know Paul kind of disagreed with Jürgen's at the end, but they seemed to all look good. They all mm. looked amazing and so they had to create a spectacular themed banquet uh display an edible centerpiece and it was an entremet dessert again um and they had this is what i couldn't believe five hours to do it it's i think they said it was the longest i think it's definitely this season the longest they've had to do a showstopper i don't know about of all time whether it's the longest but five (laughs) hours do i mean if you're working five hours you're surely meant to have a bit of a break in there by law so (laughs) you know five hours to create a showstopper non-stop must have been hard yeah it must have been tricky and and with patisserie because like the the interim amounts are very small there's not a huge amount of just oh sling it in the oven and wait for it you know they they were exhausted by the end of that five hours it was uh it was a tricky bake um, but I love the idea of it. I love the idea of the centerpiece and having these sort of small elements around them. Um, and I don't know. I, I really understand now why they do the showstopper on the second day and they squeeze the other two together on the first. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, we just... In fact, I think they did an overnight one once as well where they had to start something on the Saturday. Yeah, and I remember bake that. bake it on the Sunday once. I can't remember which series or what it was. No. But I seem to remember an overnight resting... They had, yeah, they had to. They definitely had to create one element of it, I guess. Because if yeah. you're going to do your showstopper on the same day as the signature and the technical, okay, that like that is too much. It's overwhelming. But at the same time, yeah. I think you'd be trying to concentrate on your signature and technical, but at the same time, thinking always about that showstopper. You know. Yeah. So we had some excellent stuff going on this week, and I think we should talk about all of them because they were all amazing and they all had really interesting themes Mm. so chigs to start off with he did a family themed uh bake which is usually christelle's thing to have sort of an emotional attachment to the bake you're creating (laughs) and and a purpose for it related to your family so it was nice to see chigs doing that this week too 
Um, he did an apple tree centerpiece because there used to be an apple tree at his grandparents' house and he said all the kids used to play in it and around it. And so the tree was in the center and it was a cinnamon biscuit. There was caramelized apple, caramel and white chocolate mousse, a chocolate shell and a mirror, red mirror glaze on the outside. And the, the desserts themselves looked like red apples. And the bit that was... Um, quite unnerving for me and maybe made me think that perhaps Chiggs is going to be the one that goes still you know I didn't want him to go but part of me was like Jürgen's got to stay so I was thinking oh maybe <laughs> maybe this is Chiggs's downfall was um he said to Paul and Prue it's never worked in practice and Paul was like mm. well why are you doing it then because <laughs> this is the bake-off semi-final um yeah it was <sighs> It's one of those where you all just sit and watch and you're like, oh. And again, we saw in the preview uh, last week and at the beginning of last night's episode that part of the tree trunk broke off as well. Yeah. Which I seemed to miss as I was watching the episode. I was like, I don't remember seeing that happen. Um, but yeah, it was it was such a shame um, to think that in the preview. But when it came to it, it, it looked really good. The critique from Peru is that the, the red apples didn't really look red. They looked purple. Um, I mean, it had chocolate underneath it. Yeah. You know, it, Colour's going to be hard when you've got mirror glaze, which I don't think was quite thick enough. But um, it looked brilliant. And as you said, I love the fact that for Chigs, we had a story and, you know, a sort of motivational theme behind it this week, which was, yeah, it was lovely. He did so well. He did very well. And uh, going into the showstopper, he said something like, this is not normal stuff. You know, he knew this is, <laughs> he'd left the comfort of baking cakes and things in his house behind. And now he's in the mm. big leagues of baking yeah. to come up with it. And I think it looked excellent. You know, that tree, it did um, crack, I think, a little bit. And he was really nervous, you know, when putting it together because there was two elements mm. that had to come together to form the tree. And I thought when we saw the tree on the preview and then when he started putting it together because there was sort of some green, like like piped icing around the outside, it looked a bit as sort of like a children's cookie design basically <laughs> yeah and i thought oh the tree isn't very finesse it's not i don't know if that's going to be good enough um but his actual desserts they definitely saved him i mean they oh yeah Prue and paul thought the tree looked amazing anyway so i'm just being incredibly harsh thinking that it was not going to be good <laughs> enough but i guess the real thing that they're judging was the desserts and it looked very good. It looked so good yeah. in comparison to everyone else's. The standard was, you know, it was it was all excellent. And it was interesting because Chiggs is that lockdown baker. So to have him, you know, rise up from being someone that was just baking as a hobby to being able to do this. Arguably, that journey is more impressive than Jürgen just doing sort of OK this week. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, when we look at the fact that Jürgen, um, you know, got Starbaker for the first two weeks, he got another one a couple of weeks ago, but he sort of peaked at the beginning and yeah. then didn't even really maintain, you know, he, he was good, but not top. And yeah. now he's had a couple of shaky weeks, um, you know, and we've said that uh, Paul mentioned on Extra Slice last week that, you know, they go week by week, but when they are this close together you've got to consider that as well. Um, Chiggs, say considering he was making bread and biscuits during lockdown, has done incredibly well. And when you pull that out of the bag, yeah, completely um, worth keeping him in the competition yeah. because I can't wait to see what he does in the final. I really Me too. can't wait. It's going to be so good. Um, 
something that we enjoy looking out for is Jürgen's strange themes. And it was a very interesting theme again this week for the uh, showstopper. And again, something that we can draw on your Japanese experiences <laughs> too. Um, he created a Japanese gate, so an entrance to a Shinto temple. Uh, and it was raspberry jelly, raspberry bavoir, gingerbread centerpiece. And then he had three Bavarian creams, white chocolate, matcha and raspberry. So... He did go all out with the flavors. He did try something quite different, you know, with the theme. And I thought mm. the fact that he made his um, gingerbread gate, you know, the Japanese gate, actually out of the pieces was really impressive. And mm. if we're going to compare him to Chiggs, I think Noel said on the voiceover that um, Chiggs has had two pieces. And I, Somewhere in my brain, it's shouting 17 or something for Jürgens like to yeah. put together. So actually, the engineering side was actually a bit more impressive maybe than Chiggs's. But he did have a little bit of an issue, didn't he, with one particular part of the gingerbread? Yeah, well, th this was the thing with Jürgen. He went with something really ambitious and out of his comfort zone, which I thought for you know was really, really good of him. Um, he's not played it safe, but he's, he's played with strengths over the series. Um, but then he forgot one of his biscuits. I know. <laughs> and, and literally it was like that moment of after watching, um, you know, Giuseppe forget the flour in the first baker, but remember very quickly. Um, yeah, Jürgen to be like, oh, I just... I'm pretty sure I baked it. And he's going through this like biscuit pile of like, it's got to be in here somewhere. And then um, he, you know, he saved it. He, he managed to get the, the gate made and everything. But um, that was very uncharacteristic of Jürgen. And I think we really saw the fact that pressure was getting to him and he was, he was feeling that. Um, but it looked fantastic. And again, I like the fact that he went with the theme. It was a theme that was different for him. Um, the gate looked great. The matcha flavor. I mean, I hate matcha, but you know, the matcha flavor was in there. It worked. And he balanced it well, considering Peru had said beforehand, I don't really like matcha. Paul gave some really nice feedback on the balance of flavours within that as well. So he got some some good feedback for that last bake, um, which again made the, the outcome so difficult and so, you know, hard to predict at the end. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was, you know, him forgetting to cut out and bake one of his pieces because he was like, he actually swore, which... I mean, Jürgen, he <laughs> is like, the human embodiment of Winnie the Pooh. So to have him swear mm. was quite like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> and he'd obviously forgotten to do it. But part of me thought, Jürgen can't forget to do something. You know, he won't forget to do this. Has someone taken it? Has someone been around? Has Noel eaten it? Has Paul, <laughs> is it part of Paul's sabotage of Jürgen not giving him a handshake? Has he also stolen a bit of gingerbread? Um but obviously he had forgotten to make it. And you're right, he did rectify it because it was just the moment where he said, like, it's not going to stand up otherwise. That's integral. I need that bit. So to see him rescue it was good because I was worried for a moment that it wasn't even going to stand up. Um, no. So it was good that he rescued it. But, they, you know, when he presented it to the judges, I think the sort of green colour on his desserts didn't sort of compare very well mm. to everybody else's because they didn't look no. as appetizing as everyone else's and I guess it is comparing again to what everyone else is doing to work out who's going to go but they didn't look as striking they look this sort of pale green color and if you compare it with you know Chiggs's red um, and the green from Giuseppe and then the sort of mixed oranges of Christelle, one from Christelle yeah, yeah it didn't look great 
Yeah, and it was it, it was a bit messy. He he um, presented them in these sort of like little bamboo boats, and some of them had some smudges of green on them from the the, the, the glaze as well. So it it wasn't as finessed as he normally would do. Um, we've spoken in the series about how he doesn't always push himself out there with decoration. He he did, you know, with with that yesterday. But um, yeah, it's it's the whole thing of style over substance. You know, it, it tasted great, and he got good feedback for the taste. How much of the look sort of marked him down for that. What's the priority of the judges? Um, but again, when everyone did quite well, it, it, it's splitting hairs, which it yeah. really was yesterday, I think. It really was. Um, mm. Someone who I talk about regularly and he's been my favourite from the start is Giuseppe. Um, I say all the time, you know, he's going to get to the final and probably win, but now I have absolutely no idea who's going to win. So my um, <laughs> Giuseppe sort of fan club is dwindling slightly um but i was so impressed with his dessert you know and his theme obviously he went with a wonderful italian theme but the fact that he was going to create a leaning tower of pizza out of his sort of crisp uh, puff rice rather and everything was excellent and he did a chocolate custard with a cherry insert pine nut bavoir a chocolate sponge and it was all sort of related to his time staying in tuscany um I just thought it was excellent. The, the shot of him carrying the actual Leaning Tower of Pisa over to be put on a <laughs> spike was terrifying. But when it was there, it looked excellent. Yeah, it was great. And I, I really liked the, the theme of that one. Again, he went for something that was personal to him. I loved it when he was putting it on the spike and then the top bit just sort of popped off. And he's yeah. like, Whoa, you know. Um, and uh, and it was funny, just have a humour as well. And he was like, well, you know, I've made the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa lean more than it normally does. Having said that, I was a little bit like he's made a giant Rice Krispie square. And I, I do have that little element about puffed rice sometimes that, you know, if you're doing a centerpiece and this is a baking show, the sort of main thing in the middle of your bake isn't baked. Um, you know, it's melted marshmallow, Rice Krispies. Yep. And uh, so I was a little bit... Um, I was like, oh, come on, Giuseppe, you could have done something better than that. You know, the others have made biscuit things and, and gone really brave and he's done puff rice. So when people were saying that on social media, I was like, to be fair, I, I sort of see where they're coming from on that one. Um, but, you know, the the theme worked. Um, I think my favourite element is the fact that he literally presented it on a slab of AstroTurf. Um, <laughs> you know, it just, I, don't, I, I think the look of that one was slightly more, um, rough and ready for me and I was I was a yeah. little bit more disappointed with Giuseppe's one um, but it was enough to see him through so exactly I thought it was you're right the using the puff rice is interesting because arguably then Jürgen who made a, an actual biscuit uh, sort of structure mm. maybe maybe that was better I guess because I mean I'm, I can't remember in the judging like did they taste any of the centerpieces or was it just the desserts? I think they were just tasting the desserts, weren't they? So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I thought it was, I liked the Leaning Tower of Pisa because the joke about, oh, mm. it's wonky. You know, if my showpiece is wonky, it's meant to be, which was good. Um, but mm. I also, I just thought it looked really good, like the real thing. But then again, yeah. so did Jürgen. So I, it's tough. But the critique that Paul and Peru gave to Giuseppe was that, the flavours weren't necessarily his best. I think he mm. did the pineapple bavoir, which, oh, I, that doesn't sound appetising to me at all. No. I can't really taste what that would be like in a sweet setting. You know, pine nuts I put in my pasta or th- pies or whatever. 
Um, yeah. And I can't really imagine that in a dessert, but maybe I'm mm. missing out completely. Um, <laughs> it was obviously quite an Italian sort of flavor to do. So, I'm guessing so. Yeah, so they, they did sort of say, I think, that it wasn't as tasty or as delicious as it could be. That was the critique. Yeah. Mm. And again, it, it was weird because we're coming to the final now and all of a sudden we've got the two strongest bakers, arguably, throughout the whole series yeah. in the semi-final struggling. I know. And, you know, we, we didn't have really any element of uh, of speak with um, Paul and Prue beforehand. They didn't say, you know, this person's towards the bottom because they were all so close. Yeah. And obviously they had a little bit before they announced who was going to um, win, who was going home. But... I, I would argue that it was Giuseppe and Jurgen that were the bottom two this week. I, I, you know, I, I really do think, despite the technical in the middle where they were the top two, I think the other two bakes let them down slightly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it's just such a strange episode for a semi-final. It really was, which is just unheard of, you know, those yeah. two being the bottom two. Um, but I think we should talk about Christelle because... Yes. Her showstopper was my favourite. I don't know about you, but mm. I loved it. She did uh, vanilla and coconut cremo centres with mango bavoir, uh, passion fruit jelly. It was a wedding theme centrepiece for her sister whose wedding had been paused because of COVID. And it was a Swiss meringue flower arch. And what I loved about all of it was just beautiful. how bright, colourful and yeah, beautiful it looked. Yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. And I, I want to know if it was the same wedding that we had the wedding dress for a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought she did so well with that and it looked fantastic. I love the idea of using the meringue for the centrepiece. Like that's tricky. You know, she was putting it up. She didn't want the meringue to crack. We've seen that go wrong so many times. Um, you know, and I think she pushed the boat out. It's a lot harder to do that than it is puffed rice and biscuits. So um, yeah, kudos to her. It looked fantastic. The flavours were there as well. Um, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, the, the bright colours, I think, were the bit for me that made it stand out above the rest. Mm. You know, Paul and Prue said it was wonderful. Did Paul say, was it this one he said was flawless or something for hers? Yeah. Which was an amazing compliment. You know, she looked distressed when they were judging because I guess she didn't know what they were going to say. But when they came <laughs> out with some really great feedback, she was like, oh my God, wow. And was so overwhelmed. Um, mm. But you really could see it as something you know, to have at a wedding, you could see it on a, a table, you know, everyone coming to get their desserts or whatever. It just looked beautiful and you could really see it at a wedding. So I thought yeah. hers was just excellent. Um, it was just overall a really weird episode. That's all I can say. <laughs> I enjoyed it so much, but it was so tense and I had no idea yeah. who was going and who would be Star Baker. I, I just didn't know. Um, but it, when they said, I think it was Noel that said Christelle was Star Baker. I was like, right then, okay, well, it's Chiggs that's going to go. And how wrong I was. Completely wrong. Do you know, it's so funny because I I changed my mind about 30 times during this episode. Yep. I really did. And I I always think with this pod, uh, podcast, obviously, I'm trying to be very positive about the Baker. I love the Bake Off. We both yep. do. And, um, you know, I, I want to be positive about all the contestants because I love this year's group. But... At the same time, part of the, the, the job and part of what we do is is to critique. And it was so interesting this week because I basically found myself all the way through the episode trying to talk down everybody's bakes, try and work out who was going to go home. Yeah. Um, when they announced Christelle as the winner, I was like, brilliant. Yeah, she had a great showstopper. But she came third in the technical. 
and her signature was quite messy. You know, and just the whole time I was sort of second guessing everything. Yeah. And it was, you know, too again, much info about the show. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, it's just, I couldn't, I couldn't work out. And of course we then found out that Jürgen was going home and I was like, well, hang on, he was first in this one. And, and it just, it was so, um, it was, it was really, really hard to get your head around that yeah. one. I was, I was enjoying it as a critic, not as a viewer yeah. <laughs> last night, which was really weird. Um, my, I would have liked Chiggs to have, have got Starbaker. I think uh, Christelle deserved Starbaker. Yeah. However, I do want to say that. My my slight thing for her was, and I don't want to say I was annoyed by it because I wasn't annoyed by it, but I sort of, I did eye roll a little bit when she went, oh, it just means so much to me to get Starbaker in a week where I've done something which is, you know, means a lot to me because it's a story of my family. I was like, like, well, like every week. Um, literally, <laughs> if I hear, if, if she says next week, well, this one I'm doing for, no, stop. Um, you know, the first couple of weeks it was okay. I don't need sob stories over bakes. Um, <laughs> but it looked amazing and it just, it just took it away slightly for me when she was like, oh, you know, it, this is for my sister. I was like, yeah, but we've had them for, you know, Nana Nelly, Lily, granddad. Um, granddad, you know, and everything. I know most of Christelle's family now. Yeah, um, you do. Just, just from the bakes, you know, Lily Nana's vegetable house, or whatever yeah. it was a few weeks ago, uh, the cottage, but. It, you know, she she completely deserved to get Starbaker. Yeah. It was it was one of those weeks where it, it was the showstopper that won it. Um, you know, we see those every now and then, and and those are the ones that can be a bit controversial, particularly when you don't have someone like Jurgen go home. Um, the other thing, and I've got to admit, I as you know, I called that Jurgen was going to go this week. I just had a hunch. I, know, I don't I know why. Believe it. I thought you were being a maverick. So when we spoke, I said I sort of was. I, think, I know. I like. We'd spoke, you know, I'd said that I thought it was Chiggs that was going. And then you just threw a spanner in the works being like, no, it's Jürgen going. Jürgen's going to go. But then as it drew closer and closer to the episode, I thought, oh, JP might be right. Like, I feel like Jürgen's <laughs> going to go. And I was quite on edge about it ever since I spoke to you at 2.30 yesterday, right up until the episode. I know. I know. And I feel there is hate mail coming my way. <laughs> um, but the other thing, and this, I don't know, maybe this was the thing that... Um, cemented it for me yesterday it was when they announced Christelle Starbaker because then obviously you get your thing and Jürgen was the second person and that's what told me because it doesn't tend to be the beginning or the end Giuseppe was the last person on the camera so I was like oh god Jürgen's going home but by giving Christelle Starbaker which she did entirely deserve and I'm not taking away from her whatsoever it means that all three finalists have all got Starbaker twice and it is a level playing field and ah. I'm not saying that that was a part of the decision making because it wouldn't have been, but it just, from an editing point of view, works perfectly because now each of them comes in with two star bakers. You haven't got Jurgen with three or, you know, four or, you know, him with three, Giuseppe with three and Chiggs or Christelle with two or one, depending on who it was. They're all coming into the final with a level playing field. And it just, it works perfectly for the final next week. You know, it, it couldn't be closer. Um, so yeah, I thought it was an interesting one. I'm really glad that she got it. Um, but as typical me, three o'clock this morning, I was thinking way too much into it and, and how <laughs> it would be so even and a perfect story this yeah. week, so, uh, yeah. next week. So yeah. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? It's going to make it really difficult viewing, I think, next week at the mm. final. Um, I saw on Twitter as well, Jürgen put one of his little notes up that they do. They share a note that's oh, been handwritten. And just the beginning of his note said, who wants to fly to the moon if you can be on Bake Off? And I just thought, Jürgen, 
what a cute man. And then he put a, no. uh, a tweet out anyway, um, thanking everyone for their support. I'm going to try and find it now, but he's probably got lots of retweets. Okay, so he said, <laughs> this was because uh, there was a moment in the episode where it looked like Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas were annoying him, but he put on Twitter after the result was announced, shout out to Matt Lucas and Noel Fielding. It was a great privilege to have you around. Apart from being two of the kindest human beings I know, your interactions were often a welcome moment to step back and reset all in all, helping me on my mission, which I also like the word my mission, which sort of means I was trying to get to the final and I wanted to be there and that was my biggest goal. And sadly, he didn't get there. It was just, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? But I, I really liked seeing that as well because there's the element where we've discussed, you know, Noel seems to be annoying Jürgen and every time he comes over, there was a moment last night where, you know, Noel sort of made a joke. It totally didn't land with Jürgen no. and, and, and Noel was just like, I'll go. And Jürgen was like, yeah, please. And yeah. then they walked off in separate yeah. directions and carried on. So to hear that was just, it, yeah, it was so wholesome and lovely. It was lovely. So God, next week it's the final. I can't believe it's come round so quick. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm very nervous now. Am I going to be nervous for an entire week? I feel like I might be. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the thing is, it could be anybody's. It really could be anybody's. And I just, I, I can't call it. No, me neither. I'm not even going to try it. to pick. I, I thought the whole time I've said it's Giuseppe. It would be great if he wins because then I would have been mm. right. But I would also be really happy <laughs> if it's Christelle. And Chigs too, because I think it'd be nice for Christelle because she, you know, every time she rings her family, they're so proud. And I just think how amazing would it be for her and her family to have that. But then also Chigs, you know, lockdown baker, amazing, you know, guy that you'd sort of think, you know, creating all of these really posh patisserie desserts. You'd just think, well, this seems out of character, but he's got so into it. He's got really far with the bake-off and i thought god it'll be so good if he wins too so i know i, I kind of don't care it's gonna be a great episode <laughs> it's gonna be a fantastic episode regardless but i think i'm going to be nervous yeah me too and i mean i i can admit because i'm one of those very few men who have multitasked i was watching the preview a minute ago um so <laughs> i've just seen it? the you preview finally watched it. <laughs> i watched it while you were talking and oh while i was listening god. it was like um, i know that's so rude incredibly it's, I know. rude it's fine. It's the TV presenter experience. So I can mm. listen to talk back. Um, but literally, as soon as there's the bit and Noel standing there going, the winner of Baker, and your heart just goes, you feel sick. I know. And literally, it's like, I can't believe we're at that point in the series again already. Yeah. But it's going to be so interesting next week. And just looking, as I always do, I've got um, the Wikipedia page open. You know, they've all got two star bakers. Giuseppe got his last star baker back in week five. Cheeks ah, okay. got one in week eight. And Christelle's got one in week nine. So they've got theirs a lot later on in the series. So, you know, are they doing better? Giuseppe's had... A, the cracks have started to show a little bit in the last two weeks. I just can't call it. I just don't know. No. I just don't know. But I will go with what I said on the radio on Tuesday. I still think... I still think it might be Chigs. And now that I was right with Jürgen going home, I, maybe it's a good omen. I don't know. Maybe. It's all to play for. I feel like we could sit and debate who on earth is going to win for hours. <laughs> But we're going to have to watch the episode next week and see how it goes. So, JP, thanks. It's been episode nine. (laughs) I can't believe it. Thanks for coming on again. Uh, And we're going to be at the final soon. I can't stay calm for a whole week. I can't. 
where is this series gone? And let's be honest here, how much am I going to overanalyze in the next seven days? I mean, thank you for having me back on with my overanalysis. Thank you. That's okay. Well, please, <laughs> in the mix fans, come back here after you watch the final episode yes. because we'll be having a meltdown and hopefully we will <laughs> uh, help you with your meltdown too. <laughs>